Welcome to the Unfeigned Faith Bible Study, where we'll be doing a weekly Bible study, typically going through a book of the Bible together, and uh, this will go alongside our regular Unfeigned Faith podcast. Thank you for joining us on this journey. Philippians 1 is uh, where we're at, and we're just a few days into this study, and uh, Philippians is a, is a tremendous book, especially when you consider the perspective that it's being written from. Paul there in the Mamertine prison, uh, under house arrest, and uh, and he's writing to encourage this church. Of course, they reach out to Paul several times on several occasions to uh, to be a blessing and an encouragement to him, and uh, and he's writing to encourage them and to challenge them to rejoice. And good, we're seeing a few people uh, getting on here. And give a, a minute, see uh, see uh, the Binkleys, uh, senior and younger. <laughs> good to see you guys, uh, Amanda there and uh, Claudia. And uh, the Jenkins on uh, on Facebook there, and but uh, as we're uh, as we're considering Philippians, uh, the theme really is rejoice, and uh, and I think that's the common theme that people come to uh, a conclusion that that's the theme. But uh, last time I studied it, we went kind of verse by verse through it as a church, and um, one of the themes that I kind of drew out and noticed was the theme of unity. And, uh, and of a church being of one mind and unified. And, and, uh, and so there's several underlying themes that we'll see. But, um, but as we get into this, there's an awesome uh, few verses we're going to look at today in Philippians 1. And, uh, and what it says here is, uh, we'll start in verse number 9. Paul's going to lay out a prayer that he prays for this church. And I think there's great wisdom in, uh, in the way we pray for one another and pray for our own church, pray for other believers, pray for family members. And uh, so in verse number 9, he says, In this I pray, Philippians 1, 9, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. So start out, first of all, it says your love may abound more and more. You know, love is a, is a common theme that keeps popping up, and, and, and I'm afraid uh, sometimes... Sometimes we we is almost an imbalance on the way love is talked about, and uh, and so so the danger is sometimes we can go to one extreme or to the other extreme. So you have some that well, it's just all about love, love, love God and love Jesus, and nothing else really matters. And you know, forget about you know doctrine and forget about all these uh, divisive issues. Let's just make sure we talk about love and and love, 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 love. Well, then there's the other extreme that kind of sees that. They might even accuse them of being uh, kind of liberal in their theology, and and they'll say, well, you know, it's you know, it's it's uh, well, let's go to the far extreme. It's law, law, law. It's not love. It's law. And uh, but a very important aspect is is this concept of loving people where they are at, but also loving them uh, enough to help encourage them along to where they are going. That's what God does. That's what the the God through His Spirit does in our in our lives. He, uh, he encourages us along. Yes, he loves you and accepts you where you're at, but he loves you enough not to keep you there, all right? But we love people where they're at. I saw a meme today that was kind of convicting, and it said, um, uh, virtue shaming is modern-day Phariseeism. <laughs> in other words, uh, shaming believers because they've not reached a certain level in the various Christian virtues. Uh, and I thought, wow, that's... Uh, that's kind of profound uh, to some degree, 
But, uh, but we need to be careful with that, that we're encouraging, the Bible says, to provoke one another to love and to good works, that we're encouraging in the right ways and in the right uh, uh, degree. But the, the focus of it is love. That's my motivation. Here's all men will know you're my disciples, Jesus said. You'll have love one for another. So he says, I want you to grow in love, but the love is not a blind love. Uh, like I mentioned a minute ago, well, it does, nothing else matters. Let's just all love people where they're at and, and everything. Um, but it's a love that is based in rooted in knowledge. It says that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, in knowledge. Uh, uh, the, the word there for knowledge, it means that it's this concept of a proper knowledge, a, a knowledge of truth. Uh, because there's a, there's a lot of improper knowledge out there. There's a lot of things that, that uh, we may know information about, but is this truth? Is this a proper knowledge? And, 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 and again, where do we go to that? Where do we find what is truth? Where do we find proper knowledge? And Jesus prayed to the Father in John 17. He said, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Okay, And, uh, and so we get knowledge, true knowledge from the word of God. And so we come to that and, and, we, and we allow it to form our thinking, knowledge, information, but it's uh, information of what is true. And that leads to proper judgment. Or uh, another word for, uh, for the Greek word there is the word maybe discernment. Understanding, taking that knowledge to the level of understanding, being able to weigh things out. So when we take love, it needs to be in knowledge and in judgment. Discernment, how to, how to weigh matters out. And let me just say in the Christian life, there is one thing that's really needed is this concept of discernment. All right? Uh, there are... There are right and wrongs, but then there are those things that, uh, uh, if I could say it this way, the Bible's silent on. Now, now I do believe there are more black and whites than we like to admit. You know, uh, right and wrong, black and white, uh, not a lot of gray areas, really. But, um, um, hey, uh, Jaden? All right, thanks. <laughs> we got a needy cat. Uh, but there, there are, there are, uh, the reality is this, when we understand the principles of God, when we understand the character of God, there becomes less and less gray area. The Bible says that God is light. In Him is no darkness at all. Well, what is light mixed with darkness? That's a gray area, you see? And, uh, and in God, there is no darkness. And so, so, so we have to understand that, uh, that I think God has a thought or an, an opinion on more things than we'd like to think. You know, now the reality is we have liberty. We've been uh, born unto liberty. The Bible says in Galatians, use not liberty as an occasion to the flesh, but by, here it is again, love serve one another. And if my liberty becomes a stumbling block, uh, I've abused my liberty. And, uh, and so there are a lot of things that, that when we understand principles, when we understand, uh, as it says, knowledge, knowledge of true things and judgment, discernment, uh, what's, the, what's the root motivation here? Love, love for others and love for God. Love for his word, all right? And by the way, I hope you love God. I hope you love his word. Uh, oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day. And we ought to come to the word of God and say, God, this is your letter to me. This is my connection to you. Who is God? How do I know him? He's shown himself to me in his word. And so we come to the Bible with that mindset that God's wanting to communicate. God has communicated and he's wanting to further communicate. As we, as we come to his word. So, so here's the first part of Paul's prayer. He says, I pray that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, that you may approve 
things that are excellent. Now here's where the judgment's gonna take us. Approving what is excellent, all right? What, what, what are we talking about here? The things that excel, the things that God approves of. Now this is important, as I mentioned before, there's a lot uh, less gray areas, and really there are a lot more black and white than we like to uh, admit. All right. And, and so, so here's, the, here's the reality. Uh, I've had young people, when I talk on music or, or things, they've come to me and they'll say, well, what's wrong with this music? And many times I'll ask the question, what's right with it? Uh, proving, approve uh, what is good. It says there in, uh, in Ephesians 5, a very similar thing. He says, uh, he says uh, 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 prove, uh, prove that which is good. And, uh, and, and, and steer clear of, stay away from, really, that which is evil. It says to reprove uh, the, the unfruitful works of darkness. So when I take things and I run them through the scriptures and I run them through, there are certain things I got to hold on to. In fact, it says in 1 Thessalonians 5, um, uh, it's a, a, very, a very similar statement. Uh, uh, um, uh, prove all things, hold fast that which is good, and abstain from all appearance of evil. So what do we do? Prove all things. We put everything through this test. We hold on to the things that pass the test. This is approved of God. And we abstain from everything that has even the very appearance of evil. All right? And so, so what do we do? We, we, we go through with knowledge, with discernment, judgment, and we, and we apply things to, the, to this. So what's he praying to this church about? I want you to have a very practical, real-life discernment as you go about your day-to-day living, is it reflecting the Lord Jesus Christ? Is it? Is it? Um, uh, are these things approved of God? And uh, and so so again, we're talking about Paul's prayer. Uh, prove all thi- uh, things that are excellent, things that excel. You know, Paul said it this way in another place: uh, All things are lawful to me, but not all things are expedient. You know, the reality is that Christ completed, fulfilled the law. There is no law left to be fulfilled by us. Nothing. And be very careful when you have somebody tell you that you have to do such and such. All right, be very careful of that because that's law. There is no more law. If you put yourself, uh, Galatians talks about this, Romans talks about this. If you put yourself under one aspect of the law, you, you have to be under the entire law. All right. Now, I don't think any of us in our right mind would say that uh, that as believers that we are bound to the entire law, and yet we try to put people under aspects of it. No, the reality is all things are lawful, but not all things are expedient. In other words, not everything's excellent. If we're going to use the the language we have here, not everything is going to be good uh, for others, uh, for myself. All right, and we can see the the, the 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 very immediate consequences sometimes of of our actions, because uh, the same book Galatians says, uh, "Be not deceived; God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap." There is a law of sowing and reaping, and uh, but but the reality is, I'm not paying off a debt. I'm not working for this thing, but but there's a, but there's an aspect that I'm pursuing Him. So what am I doing? I am approving the things that are excellent. You know, there are some things that are good, but then there are those things that are excellent. And we as believers, we need to give ourselves to the excellent things. You know, if I only have time to read one book, right, in my, in my schedule, one book at a time, one book where I'm at, then I had to choose things that are excellent over things that even are good. 
Um, that, that's why I just personally, and, and uh, I'm not opposed to anybody that does, if you've got the time and, and things, I don't read a whole lot of, uh, of uh, uh, what do you call them, uh, fictions. All right. Uh, nothing wrong with them. I, 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 my kids read them. I encourage them because they can develop their reading and things. But I want to be, I want something that I'm going to grow with. Because the reality is when you read a book, what are you doing? You're spending time with that author. You're, you're, you're getting his mind, right? And so, so I'm looking for things that, that can grow me, that can increase me as a believer, as a Christian, as a pastor, as, you know, the, the various areas of my life, as a husband, as a father, and uh, and so 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 those are the things I'm looking for. I want to I want the excellent things. I want the best things. If I only have so much time to give to these things, and that's that's one area. You know, then there's of course the things that are just absolutely not approved, that 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 they don't bring us any good, and we should abstain from them. <clears throat> you know, there's the old saying, uh, "God made dirt, and dirt don't hurt." And uh, I heard this uh, kind of a humorous song that was put together one time. And uh, basically it says, it doesn't become good for you just because it doesn't hurt. You see, on the one hand, you get a little bit of, you know, a little bit of dirt. It's kind of neutral. It's not good or bad. But, but, uh, but if I start having a steady diet of dirt, I'm not getting fed like I should. I'm not getting the nutrients. I'm not getting the things. And uh, the reality is this, okay, you accidentally took in a little bit of dirt. Okay, no sweat. God made dirt. Dirt don't hurt. But if that's all I'm taking in... What's going to start happening? Uh, is it going to start messing with my digestion? I'm not getting the nutrients I need. I'm not getting the health that I need. It's going to start wearing away at me. And uh, I'm afraid a lot of times we take in a lot of spiritual dirt. Uh, things that, you know, it's not necessarily evil or wicked, but it's filling us up. And the Bible says this, blessed are they, Jesus said this, which do uh, hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled and I think the reality is we don't hunger and thirst for righteousness because we're full of dirt. <laughs> There's just neutral things. And so what's he saying? He's saying, um, uh, approve what's excellent, uh, the things that are excellent. Grab a hold of those. Approve of them and make them a part of your life. Okay, and let's, let's move on. That ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. Boy, sincerity is something that uh, I think is very lacking in our in our culture. Genuineness, you know. I have a um, uh, I have a blog site and a podcast that's called uh, Unfeigned Faith. You know, that's my desire. The word unfeigned, uh, well, to feign something means to fake it, uh, to be a hypocrite. So unfeigned means without hypocrisy or genuine. And um, and you know, that's my desire. I want to be genuine. I want to be sincere. I want. You know, what you see in public, I want that. That's my private life. This is just who I am, you know. And, uh, and that's, that, that's who I aim to be. That's what God wants me to be. And uh, this is who I am. You know, as Paul said to me, that was fully known, my manner of living, my faith, my charity, uh, my, you know, all, all these things, and including his persecutions. He says, he says Paul, uh, Timothy, you, you, what you've seen in me, that's who I am. And, uh, and he had commended Timothy and, and his mom and his grandmother about their unfeigned faith uh, uh, this, with this genuine, sincere, this is who they are. Many times I think every one of us can look to somebody in our life that has let us down. Uh, spiritual leaders, spiritual mentors that has let us down in some way and, and we think that was not sincere, that was not genuine. Um, and that's sad when that takes place, when that happens. And I, I want to be sincere. Because when there's a lack of sincerity and when there's a lack of genuineness, 
that leads to the next thing where it says, without offense, will offend people. Now, let me just say this. We have a hard enough time being sincere and genuine to not offend people. As the Lord says, it must needs be that offenses will come. They're going to come. And I want to challenge us uh, believers. The Bible says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. As far as I'm concerned, I should never be offended. But my goal, my desire as I look inward, I never want to be an offense. I never want to cause another brother, brother to stumble, to be tripped up, uh, to, to falter in their walk because of my uh, lack of faith, lack of discernment. And so, uh, so as a result, I, I want to make sure that I'm, that I'm sincere, I'm genuine, I'm, 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 I'm exercising proper judgment and discernment through knowledge. And, uh, and so, so this is his prayer. And uh, verse number 10, without offense until the day of Christ, when, uh, when Christ comes, and, uh, and guess what? He can be the judge then. All right, and uh, you know we do our best, and uh, uh, but one day Christ is going to make all things equal, all things fair. And um, verse eleven, again, he's still praying for this church, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ. All right, so here's the prayer: be, that you'd be filled with the fruit of righteousness. What's the fruit of righteousness? Uh, I believe he's uh, very much along the lines of uh, what's laid out in Galatians, the fruit of the Spirit, the, the faith life. It's the better way. And, and it's, you know, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, uh, long-suffering, goodness, gentleness, meekness. Against such there is no law. And, and that's what God's developing in us. Because notice what it says there. It says, being filled with the fruit of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ. You see, here, here's the reality. You can study those virtues and try to act them out. And there's a, to a degree, it's just going to be an act. It's not going to be with sincerity. It's, it's, gonna be, it's not going to be unfeigned. It's going to be faked. Because it's only when Christ works those in us. How does that happen? When we go through this list again, knowledge and judgment and, uh, and, and, and excellent, uh, proving what's excellent, we start, well, what are we doing? We're taking the biblical principles, allowing them to flow through us and our understanding, and we begin applying those in life, and guess what happens? That becomes who we are. The Lord Jesus Christ, through the Spirit of God, begins to develop us and make those to be true in us. Now, we should study them. We should learn them. One of the things that I look at is this, that when I'm lacking a virtue, uh, that's not for me to put a better act on, but that is for me to be uh, to realize, wow, here's an area that I need some growth, and I need to be in more submission to the Holy Spirit of God and allow Him to do a work in me. And the Bible says that that if we humble ourselves, God gives us grace. God gives grace to the humble. He resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And I need to grow, and I need these things developed in my life. And, and so, so here's a very important part of it is, is that we're not putting on an act, but he's saying this, that you guys would be filled with the fruit of righteousness, God working his righteousness out of us. And let me just say, it's not what you do, but it's what Christ does in you. It's called sanctification. And let me just say this, he is the one that sanctifies us. We cannot sanctify ourselves. All right making us more like the Lord Jesus Christ. And so uh, being filled with the fruit of righteousness, which are by Christ Jesus, unto the glory and praise of God. Does your life, is your life under the glory and praise of God? What a question. What a thought. 
When God looks at me, does he say, ah, here's one that is bringing so much glory to me. Jesus said it this way, herein is my father glorified that you bear much fruit. How's the fruit? We look at the fruit of righteousness. We can look at the fruit of souls. We can look at fruit. And and we ask ourselves this, am I bringing glory to God? You know, that is why you and I have been made. That is the highest goal, the highest achievement, the highest mark that you and I can reach toward. And that is my life brings glory and honor to God. So here's what he says, that, uh, that unto the glory and praise of God. Now, we can praise God with our lips, and we can praise God with our song, but the highest praise he can receive from us is the praise he gets from our life. That's a very important truth. Um, that's where it's sincere. That's where it's real. Jesus even said to those Pharisees, these, uh, and he's quoting Isaiah, these people, they draw nigh to me with their lips and with their, their tongue, but their heart is far from me. Hey, we can all come to church and we can sing, we can say amen at the right places and we can be involved, but, uh, but here's really where it comes down to. Is my life bringing honor and glory to God? That's what we gotta ask. That's what we gotta look to. And, uh, and that's the challenge for today. So, so here's a question. How, how do you pray for others? I know most of the times when we get a prayer list or we get a prayer request, uh, it's usually health. You know, pray for this person, they've got cancer. Pray for this person, they've got surgery. Pray for this person, they've been sick and under the weather. And we're, we're praying for all these things. And those things we ought to pray for. And what a privilege it is to pray for those things. But here's the more important thing. Because the reality is one day all that's going to go away. We are going to be well. All right. And uh, boy, looking forward to that day. But here's the reality. Though the outward man perish... The inward man is renewed day by day. Are we praying for that inner man in people? Are we praying for the, the, this prayer list? I'm going to read it all again in one, in one go. And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, that you may approve things that are excellent, that you may be sincere without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. What a, what a tremendous, what a powerful prayer. You know, that's a prayer that I have for my children. That's a prayer that I have for my wife. A prayer I have for myself. A prayer that I have for our church. And uh, you know what? I'm going to pray the things that are nearest to the heart of God. That we'd walk with Him. That Jesus Christ would develop these things in us and through us to be an outward display of the grace of God in our lives.